Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Never Made Varsity Podcast. You can find me on Twitter at D underscore River underscore O. I really hope someone puts this at two times speed. So you mean normal Okay, I'm over speed. this bit already. Oh my goodness. It took me, it took me less than 10 minutes over for us to be over this bit. what bit? My name's Colby. You can find me on Twitter at Colby Complains. All one word. Wow. Mine. Oh my gosh. Aaron. It's over, Aaron. You can find me on Twitter at Aaron P. Friedman. <laughs> when, some, when one of us doesn't know that the bit's over. <laughs> what bit? Hello. Oh my god. I hate all of us. No, just these two. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, we're good. <laughs> you just wanted one. We're good. Let's go on. Let's talk. Let's get to going. Notre Dame. Wait, where, where, where can we find you on Twitter? We got this. We're good. We're you good? good? Okay. <laughs> it's good. It's good. We're good? Mm-hmm. good. We didn't even say what episode this is. Do we normally? Well, no. It's this very special episode, though. Oh, true. I forgot already. I also did not start the timer. When do you? It's ever? a classic. This is the quarter century. It's the quarter century. Twenty-five years. Yeah, yeah. We've been doing this never made since I was negative five years old. It's it's a momentous occasion. Sure. Did I? Oh, okay. I thought I got muted for a second. No, I, I adjusted the this, and so that humming went away. The humming went away, and I was like, "What? This is the worst opening we've ever done to a podcast." Fitting that this is our twenty fifth, <laughs> twenty five times we still can't figure this out. No, we suck. Anyway, let's talk about basketball. Let's just jump into it. Let's just get down to the nitty gritty. Jump in. Kimuro. Numero Uno Notre Dame. Wait, did y'all actually did y'all watch Jump In? Like with Corbin Blue? Yes. What does that have to do with basketball? Because I said we said let's jump in. Oh. I was making a reference to the Philip DeFranco show. Uh oh, okay, I got you. Anyway. How Really? That's where your brain went? Jump in starring Corbin Blue, the Disney Chandler original movie from 2006? Or 7? Don't, 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 don't crap on <laughs> Jump In. Okay. It is a quality Disney film. Is it? What was the plot of the movie? I never saw it. Jump Rope. <laughs> what, what about it? Like, I think he was, was it like High it was School a, Musical where the it was dad about, was anti jump rope. It was a, it was it was Corbin Blue, and he was a very talented boxer. And his dad wanted him. He's to like box. ten years old. Shh, shh, let people enjoy things. <laughs> He's <laughs> Corbin Blue was not ten years old. He was a boxer and uh was like really good at it, and he had a big fight coming up, and he was like. I think he was fighting for like the golden gloves or whatever, which is something that his dad won back in the day when he How boxed. do you remember this much about <laughs> jumping? I don't mean to interrupt, but we're watching the all-star game, like pregame performance on the screen and it showed dedication on like the screen behind. And I read it as decathlon and was really confused. 
like there was going to be an NBA all-star decathlon. Thank you for interrupting. I'd I'd rather be talking about jump in right now. (laughs) I said sidebar like to preface my interruption. That's better than normal. (laughs) That doesn't make it better. Thank you, Stugatz. Yeah, for real. I warned you. Um, but yeah, so then he gets involved with, um, what's the, what's that girl's name from Akila and the B? Kiki Palmer. Kiki Palmer. Akila. Is it, is it Akila? No, it's Kiki Palmer. No, no, no. I'm talking about from Akeelah a movie. And the B. Akila yeah. and the B. Yeah. Yeah. It's a movie. Yeah. Um, with Kiki also, Palmer. Justice VP. Yeah. Um, and ends up competing with them in like a double dutch competition or like a jump rope competition. Did you just give me a yeah for true? Ja- <laughs> First off, it's true Jackson VP because I just clicked on her name. <laughs> so you just gave me a yeah for the incorrect name of that Nickelodeon show that ran for less than two seasons. I was just saying yeah because I was assuming that you were giving me correct information. <laughs> Three seasons. And so then season. it actually became a basketball game, right? Oh, totally. Then they started saying, get your head in the game. You got to get it. Yeah. It turned into High School Musical. I just want to say that Corbin Blue, I never watched any of his movies, uh, including High School Musical. I've never seen that start to finish. But You've I never always, seen High School Musical start to finish? Nope. I have never seen a lot of movies. But anyways. That's kind of disappointing. I always thought that Corbin Blue looked like the wrestler Carlito. Yes. Okay. The same curly hair kind of thing going on. had more of like mustache game than him. Yeah. Well, because Corbin Blue was like eight years old. And he had, a, he had a song for the movie, I think. I can see it, but it's only the poofy hair. Really. I think Colby's still in shock that I've never seen High School Musical. No. I don't see it. It's just, Carly. The, it's just the hair. It's literally it's, just, it's the, just hair. the hair. It's just the hair. Yeah. Basketball. <laughs> Hey man, that's not cool. How long was that tangent? No, Kurt. all people with hair look alike to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh! Oh my god! Carlito's hair is closer in texture to mine than Corbin Blue's. So on the are basketball, y'all, are y'all not still shook that he just said that? <laughs> I just chose to move on. To be honest, I think me. it was clear. That I was making a joke. Corbin's Blue's birthday is in three days. Oh my god, happy birthday. <laughs> you gonna bring me a birthday gift on my birthday? <laughs> For my birthday party with a birthday gift. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> okay. Anyway. Uh, Carolina defeated Notre Dame. <laughs> We're a mess today. <laughs> 83 to 66. <sighs> I'm trying to rethink. I'm trying to like. It was a good dub. Oh, okay, yeah. We ran Matt Farrell and Dem Boys. Yeah, he missed, what was he? He went three for 18. Yeah, one that of, definitely helped. One of 12 from three. Because then he proceeded to hit, like, what, 10 threes and hit, get his career high either yesterday or today. Did he really? Yeah. Really? Or, no, not 10 threes, but uh, so he had his career high, in, I'm pretty sure. In three-pointers or... or uh, or um, He had his career sh- high in points, and then I think probably, I assume, career high in threes. He he has hit ten threes. Yeah. yeah, ten for twelve. Holy crap! He needed thirty-seven points. What in the world? So yeah. he was pissed. Then. So good thing that didn't happen against us, or it would have wow been a little bit different. I think. Yes, thirty-seven, ten and tw- ten of twelve. That's ridiculous. However, what they lacked in his threes, they had in whatever his face's name is. John Mooney, which yeah. sounds like a character from a children's novel about a talking bear. There John. was a kid in my high school class whose name was, whose name was Johnny Mooney. 
It sounds like a like a old, like a cartoon character for like a kid show where it's like a like a bunch of farm animals and you got John Mooney. John Mooney sounds like he has a television show, a kids television show with his best friend Teddy Bridgewater. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. For some reason, he just couldn't miss, and he was their big. So Sterling or Garrison was had to stay inside the arc. Yeah, just kind of let him shoot. Also, Gebbin couldn't miss. Yeah, eight for nine. So, but, but still, we still won by seventeen. So I don't have much to complain yeah, about. No, for real. I thought it was a really good game by us. I mean, we had some lulls, but other than that, when the threes fall, that's I mean, that's what it's starting to become. When the threes fall for us, it's very hard to beat us because everything else comes together. This was like an offensive rebounding, which is now finally starting to become what it was last year. This is this was one of those games that Theo was like. This is actually one of those like nights in like this stretch of games that Theo's had a really effective shooting night because mm-hmm. he went six for ten for sixteen points, ten rebounds, five assists. The starting lineup went um, shot forty percent from three. That'll do it. Only yeah. only person that didn't crack double figures in the starters was Luke May with eight points. He was tired. He was gassed. yeah. No, he he was coming off scorching NC State, so it's like. And off of, you know, three games in five days. And everybody else picked him up. And that's what exactly. that's how it's supposed to be. That's what a team does. And even though he only scored eight points, it's not like he looked bad. Like, I don't think he missed many shots. I think it's just like when he gets tired, he doesn't take many shots. Still grabbed eight boards. It was Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean. And we still out-rebounded them by an incredible amount. So, Like I said, offensive rebounds is really starting to become what it was last year even and it's more now it's just based off of tenacity whereas last year we had the size to get it like now we have theo and cam and everybody getting loose balls i don't know like roy like this has to be something that he can teach because it's like this it's unprecedented that this team is leading the country in rebounds right now yeah well i think it's not rebound is rebounding is like 90 percent effort and you can teach effort, but I think it's just he that's something that he prioritizes. And but you would so that, because you, we probably drill it down in practice a lot that it's second nature that when a shot goes up, you gotta go for the ball. You know Corbin Blue was the runner up on Dancing with the Stars? Yes. I did. What about jump roping with the stars? It's not a real show, you know what you look like. <laughs> that's one quack. Let me mark that down. Three thirty five. Oh Lord! It's one. Do you have three, or did you get back up to four for that? I get four. early one. Okay, I get four. Here we go. <laughs> three, three. Okay. Back to basketball. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was it was a complete game. I yep, still yep. can't believe that joke that I made earlier. <laughs> that all hair people with hair. I almost said hair. Same, yeah. I almost said hair people. <laughs> All people with hair look the same. All people of hair. Thank you very much. <laughs> but I no, will say it about the next game, too. We're finally starting to hit our stride at the right time. Yeah. It, it always yeah. happens. Uh, is there anything else to say about Notre Dame? I think that those are pretty. It was a thumping. It, yeah. It, it wasn't a particularly fun game to watch, in my opinion. Kim got his dunk over Rex Fluger, which was. <laughs> Did I you mean, see, it was a rim grazer. I was but, about to say, did you see that? It was still nice. Kenny Williams said it, it was exaggerated. It was like an, like an emphatic layup or something. <laughs> Given it's Cam, that was dunk. Yeah. I'll take it. That was a dunk. I mean, Cam sure. can get up. Mm-hmm. Cam can get up. 
And Theo's very very acrobatic layup that had uh, Brandon Huffman shimmying on the sidelines. That was, <laughs> that was probably my favorite part. Brandon Huffman is quickly becoming my favorite bench mob player. <laughs> <laughs> like with everything that he does on the it's, on the it's bench a, for it's celebrations. It's contribution. I'll take it. Uh, yeah. I don't mean to derail us again, but Kevin Hart has a swoosh and a half. And I've been looking at it for like five minutes and I don't understand. Oh, that's nasty. That's what I've been looking so like mortified at the TV about the whole time. I just can't comprehend it. It's a weird swoosh. Strange swoosh. And then on to the birds. The birds with teeth. Yeah. Um, We can probably do a whole podcast on how that's just not correct. (laughs) That is just not correct. Well, actually, according according to to the encyclopedia of... (laughs) I'm on one today, guys. <laughs> you know, Tar Heels beat. <laughs> similarly to the Notre Dame game, we just had a really complete game. And yeah. Beat the Birds. Tar Heels beat the Cards 93-76. Which is the same margin that we beat Notre Dame by, but it does not. That game was not. No. Because it was inflated, too, because it was within eight points with, like, that minute to go. Well, it never got below six past yeah. 30. Like, 35 minutes of play, it never got below six. Mm-hmm. It was from, tw- like, the closest it was was when it was 12-6, like you said, about five minutes into the game. But we had a heck of a shoot night. Uh, I'm, Luke def- still continued to struggle, but then he heated up as the game progressed. I'm not going to lie. As soon as Theo shot that three during the first half, I went, <laughs> no. And then it went Yes. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm Theo's been playing that. so well recently. Yes. If he plays this well every game, there's no way that an NBA team doesn't say we can make it work. I am all aboard the Theo Pinson hype but train for the for the draft. I feel like a lot of us have been saying this for weeks now. It's like when he plays to his strengths and when he attacks the back basket, it's very hard no to one back stop him. him. Like it's like you don't under, like he puts people on skates with ease. Yeah, with it, ease, and he creates a shot for him. He's so long that he can like step past just about anybody. His yeah. first step is great. I'm saying too, he can alter his shot, and that's mm-hmm. what he's done a lot of these, and then just banks it off and it always goes in. What did we say? He was Draymond Light. Yeah, Draymond Light. Yeah, it's very accurate. Just like Luke May is unsweetened Tyler Hansbrough. <laughs> <laughs> That's so disrespectful. <laughs> and sweet and psycho tea. Oh. It's that sweet and I stole and low. that joke from Reddit. Just, uh, <laughs> it's the sweet and low. Fake this year would be the year low. for him to get the elbow and turn into Psycho L. Because wasn't it his yeah. junior year when he got the elbow at Duke? Or at, at home, home. At home. Yeah. But it was the second game, mm-hmm. if I remember correctly. It so was senior day. Yeah. Oh, maybe God, that made me mad just thinking about maybe yeah, Delorier is gonna throw the elbow at Luke, and we're gonna see National Player of the Year Luke come out to play. And now they have a podcast together. Who'd have thunk? Yeah, for real. <laughs> Who would have thunk? But yeah, Theo had 19 points on six of 11 shooting. That's that's what I want from Theo. I feel like I would. I, I feel like Theo could have given that for years now. And that's sort of what it like. Think looking back, yeah, I'll it's take sort it of now. disappointing. Because I know he can contribute that, but now that he's doing it now, I mean, it's only making him look better. I'll take it. I'll take it now, for real. If Theo's scoring 19 points, we're a really hard team to beat. Mm-hmm. I would argue that we're unbeatable because Theo's scoring 19. There was one, so I, I can't remember who had the stat, but it was like 
it was either Theo or Kenny when they get in double figures. We're like, we've only lost like one or two games. I think that's Kenny. Yeah. Um, we shot forty four percent from three for the game. It's happening now. That, like, did y'all notice that uh, seventh and the uh, not Theo seventh and um, Joel were in the game at the same time with with Theo with yeah. Theo? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Joel was coming off the ball like or he was. Theo's been longing a lot of minutes at point guard with Joel on yeah. the floor, and I like it. It's I, been I working. Too. I mean, Joel's a, is a knockdown three point shooter, and so when he's coming off the ball, like, and it creates can, a matchup issue. He can spot up and shoot. Now you can proceed, Sugats. And it creates a matchup issue for the defense because obviously you can't, you're not going to expect Theo to make a three, but if you don't uh, play up on him, you give him an easy pass. But if you play up on him, he's going to blow by you. And it's a lot, basket. It's a lot easier to attack the basket from the wing than straight on from the top of the key. Yeah. And the stats show that, like, apparently we're very bad from shooting at the top of the key, whereas uh, we hit the wings like. Really, anybody else does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sterling Manley, sneaky good game. Three for three for eight points in nine minutes. Yeah. And only one foul. Yeah. yeah. Um, dang Adele is good at basketball. He, he is dang good. <laughs> yes. He was eating on, on drives all night. Yeah, he's, just, he he plays similar to Theo, where he creates his own shot, and he has he's so long. He, he has he so can. many his length is what allows him to create shots and alter his shots and still be able to put up something like decent. Yeah, and so he was just blowing by people too. He is very very good, and they're going to be good once he gets like back into the swing of things. Once they yeah. get him back in the starting lineup, they're going to be a very that'll be a tough out. Yeah, <laughs> how old is Quentin Snyder? 47 like he's on that perry ellis level where he's got a bad haircut and too long of a playing time like <laughs> <laughs> like his hairline is just messed up beyond repair like he's, he's almost on that trey young level of like just bad yikes. bad hair days he's 23 good lord go go away graduate <laughs> good lord dude um also another big storyline from this game was that we luke really rendered my mood uh generally like not effective he only had three points and two rebounds and for a guy that's what he's a seven footer isn't he yeah for a guy that's a seven footer and is a senior we did a good job i mean yeah he did have three blocks and the team had six blocks but that's what louisville does they that's their average i think six six blocks per game they're third in the ncaa in blocks per game so Luke also had four steals, and so that's what helped. So, like, he was Mm -hmm. struggling offensively in the first half and a little bit in the second half, but he was still doing well rebounding defensively, things like that. He did have a couple spurts uh, getting some rebounds, but I think he ultimately... Yeah, he contributed. Yes. Uh, That awesome three, (laughs) that prayer, that was beautiful. The shot clock cheese. That was... I loved the surrender cobras that they showed on the TV after he hit that three. It just feels like so many teams hit those hit those kind of shots, shots yeah. against us. So it's nice to see one of those going for us. Yes. Well, I feel like the two dribble off balance three has become Luke's signature move. Well, and the pump fake. Yeah. Because he had that one. The he had that one at the, the end. Deal. Yeah. <laughs> pump fake or two dribbles combined with the off balance three means Luke is feeling it. Oh man! So that one at the end, like the very last bucket that we made, like that, like that made the sound with like against the net that it's like 
like it should be on one of those ASMR videos. Yeah. <laughs> just the sound of that shot going into a net. I can First fall of all, to that. <laughs> David Paget's a tall fella. Six eleven. Yeah. Did you see the picture of Roy, of Roy walking up to the podium, <laughs> and it was still adjusted for for David Paget? Yeah, I did. And then my favorite thing was when Joel was wide open for the three, and he was right there, and he ran down the sideline in disgust. He went. He's open. He's up. <laughs> <laughs> he knocks it down. Yeah. Yeah. We're we're good at basketball again. Yeah, I think it's getting to the point where that two seed is looking. More and more par- possible the more we win. That one seat's looking possible. Yeah. We can get there. If we win everything, uh, if we win out, then we're going to get a one seat. If we win everything but Duke and put up a good fight in the ACC championship game, I think we could get a one if we get lucky. It's, it's, it's going to be tough to get to the one line with eight losses. I think for sure. Finishing the ACC with five losses and winning the ACC tournament will definitely get us a one seat. But I think one or two losses still keeps us on the two line. Who would have thought a month ago we'd be talking about being a two seat? Not David I. was talking about us being an eight at best. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I was not confident in this. I was also not confident. I counted, what, two wins after... Um, and if you were confident in this team, yo, you were lying to yourself. <laughs> I said, don't panic yet. But you weren't expecting this. Don't don't lie to yourself. I wasn't expecting this much of a turnaround, but I wasn't expecting this to be an eight seed. I was expecting four or five. <laughs> On to Charlotte. Other sidebar note. Yeah. Uh, you made me think of it when you asked how long. What's his name? Quinn Snyder. Yeah. Has been at Louisville. Javon Carter on West Virginia. I whenever I see him, I think he's like thirty years old because he looks like he's play, he should have played in the eighties. Yeah, because he has the bald head with the full beard. Yeah, or the full. Uh, do you call that a full beard? Full goatee? I don't know. It's more of a goatee, but he's got the yeah, like the thin it, line. It connects. He got the chin strap. Yes, that's exactly what I was saying. Um, so we got Syracuse coming up on Wednesday. Um, playing against that two three that two three zone. I hate playing against Syracuse. I also do not like playing against Syracuse. Zone is for cowards. Zone is for cowards. Uh, yeah, Jim Beheim's a coward. <laughs> I'm you putting heard it, it here there. first. You heard it here first. No, I expect that to be a, a kind of grinded out game. Um, we're gonna have to hit shots. Yeah, this can't be one of those nights that we're not hitting threes. Like it's gonna have to be one of those games where. Either we're hitting threes or we're getting good shots from the mid range. It's gonna be it's always hard shooting in a football arena, in a football stadium. Yeah. So we'll see. We will see. Did we do a lot of did we do a lot of driving kick during the Louisville game, or was it more of like the, like the perimeter passing kind of stuff? I think a lot of the perimeter. Yeah, yeah we're gonna have to. Do, do some driving and because, driving and kicking because we got to break down the zone. We just need to keep people cutting through the zone and get it moving. That was one thing. There were a lot of times where we just like Joel had the ball and everyone and just, just kind of watched him. Yeah, try to hit for him to make something. Yeah, awesome. he was like the That's cop out. Work. He was the cop out for yeah. like if the shot clock was under like eight. He did get several of those. I, you can't really blame him on that. You got to throw something up, but. And Cam was talking about that on the Carolina Insider podcast this week about how sometimes when 
Joel gets cooking, they get they start kind of lazy. They get a little, or I don't want to say lazy because that's not what he said. Complicit. <laughs> they get stuck watching Joel. That's a habit that they're going to have to kick. Kind of like they want to feed him, or no? Like they'll pass the ball to Joel and just like sit, like stand watch there him work. watch because like, they know that he can go to work. Yeah, yeah. It's a positive and a negative. Yeah. So I think we got to pass the ball and move. You can't pass the ball and stand there. You're going to have to have people making those back cuts. But it was nice hearing Coach Padgett at, in his press conference saying that we're one of the best passing teams in the country. Oh, and thanks. but but what he. But he clarified he was saying in terms of assists, which is something we do yeah. lead in. We're very good at that. Not as good as last year, but still very, very good. Yeah. There's usually some sort of pass made before a shot's taken. So looking at the rest of college basketball, everybody is bad. Nobody is good. I told all these new all these non blue bloods that they couldn't sit at our table and they're finally leaving. They're like fine. Kansas's comeback last night made me realize that they can be a scary team because they went on what like a seventeen zero run. That's the same press Virginia against the last time they played West Virginia. I still don't think they're consistent enough to make a Final Four run, but I mean it could happen. I mean I didn't think we were going to make a Final Four run last year, and look what happened. Um, Villanova had to come back from twenty down. Um, Xavier lost. Cincinnati lost today. Did Purdue lose this week? They lost to, um, shoot. Looking uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. That's who they lost to. Uh, Texas Tech lost. Yes. Yes, mm-hmm. they did. Ohio State lost today. Yep. Uh, Auburn lost this week. Lost South Clemson Carolina. lost today. Clemson Tennessee won. lost. Tennessee, Tennessee lost. Tennessee did lose. Um, either Arizona or Arizona State lost. Arizona State lost to Arizona. Villanova gave uh, Xavier the belt. Yeah, yeah. Michigan State had a heck of a comeback. That was uh, a, that was. A, that I game. thought you said that Villanova had a heck of a comeback. No, it was Michigan State. We're just saying like it's against Northwest. No, you, no he gave a. You said that Villanova. Like had he already oh, said, I said it. Villanova. I meant Michigan yeah. State. Yeah, it was definitely Michigan I'm, State. I meant Michigan State. I need to use the bathroom. Thank God. Oh my goodness. Oh, He's gone. <laughs> You mean your cell phone? My telephone? (laughs) Do you have a landline in in there? (laughs) He has a rotary phone. (laughs) We're going to page you. We're going to fax you there, buddy. (laughs) Um, And Oklahoma is going to be out of the the top 25. If you shut down Trey Young... The rest of the team, and it's kind of it's kind of unfair to Trey Young because like his whole entire team is like not Booty. good, is not good. He yeah. could have been on Kentucky. That would have been scary. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't even know because cause this Kentucky team is so young and inconsistent. That they it's give like, him the spacing that he needs, though. Yeah, yeah. They they would literally just let him shoot anything because they're positionless basketball. They're all huge and can just get rebounds. Well, if you double double Trey Young and then Kevin Knox goes off for thirty every night. That would have been dangerous. Yeah, but um, he's he finally is getting his shot back a little. He shot thirty percent from three against oh, who they play last. Uh, Alabama, blinking, blinking Texas. That's who it was. Texas. Wait, who, who are you talking? That's about? Mo Bamba. No, I was talking about um, Oklahoma and Trey Oklahoma. Young. Yeah. Para bailar Mo Bamba. 
I like <laughs> on Texas. I like. I mean, there's Mo Bamba, but I like Osikowski. Osikowski, te- shoot, dude's a baller, and he kind of reminds me of Luke, but with like a little more agile. But that's a good tandem between Bamba. A little bigger, like stockier. That's, also, that's true. Stockier than Luke. Yeah, yeah, Texas, if they make tournament, might make some noise. Currently, Purdue is tied with Penn State, 18-18. Oh, dear. Oh, dear. Hodor? So, yeah, if all these teams keep losing, we're going we're gonna to sneak our way up into one or two seeds. So let's see. Hold on. Xavier lost, Cincinnati lost, Purdue lost, Texas Tech lost, Ohio State lost, Auburn lost, Clemson lost. We're going to get in the top ten. Yeah. There's no way we don't jump up into the top ten. This, which means we'll probably lose against Syracuse. Yep. <laughs> that always happens. But I like flying under the radar. I do as well. I think that's where we're our best. I don't Except think. kind of. Kind of. Let me, let me qualify that statement. Much. I honestly don't think it matters much. It just seems to happen. And we like to rationalize things <laughs> around here. Hey, we haven't had a crazy trend, like one of Aaron's crazy trends in a while. Well, Good. he doesn't have to do anything hot taking anymore because he's the greatest uh, predictor or keys to the games person of all time. Right. Just like how he predicted, you know. So he's probably just going to retire while he's on top. Just how he predicted the Indians were going to win the World Series and that the Browns were going to go to the Super Bowl and how inevitably the Cleveland is going to, you know, Go to the finals. Can't respond. You got nothing to say for yourself. Yeah, I see you looking silent over there. Yeah. So, FB yikes! Am I right? Oh, <laughs> it's heating up. <laughs> it's getting busy. So yeah, they was it. It wasn't the FBI themselves that said, but it was Yahoo. It was a source from Pete Thamel of Yahoo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That was saying that a source close to the situation was saying that um, head. I think this is the exact quote: "Is that Hall of Fame coaches should be worried, lottery picks should be worried, and at least a, a little less than half of the teams that were announced in the top sixteen seeds are implicated. Should be worried." So look. If we're cheating, we're real bad at it. That's okay. Yeah. This, like, let me, I'm putting my phone down. Like, like honestly, like powwow time. If we <laughs> if we are paying recruits and we are doing a lot of the stuff that is being thrown around by the FBI right now, then we suck at it. Like, yeah. we are so bad at Especially it. Especially because it's apparently in the last two years. Yeah, it's, so, the, it's the last two years of recruiting. So and, Tony Bradley is probably the best recruit we had in that period. Yep. Our only lotto pick has been <laughs> Justin yeah. Jackson. So And he came three years ago. So, um, also, if we were doing this while under NCAA investigation, then we just we deserve to get in trouble. No. Oh, yeah. Punished. Because this would have been during this would have been during the time period that we were already getting investigated by the NCAA for the whole um, the academic stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so if we were doing this alongside the other stuff that we were already getting investigated for, then we deserve we deserve to get punished. You, <laughs> you turn off my mic. <laughs> <laughs> Come on. You deserve it, dude. Come on. <laughs> I do not deserve that. <laughs> That's debatable. Put it on the poll, Guillermo. <laughs> As you were saying. 
I was going to say, like David said, if we were dumb enough to pay players to come here while we were already under investigation, we deserve to get the hammer. Yep. And I, I put out a tweet that, like, I, with all the name of the names of all the recruits that we had gotten in the time period that they're investigating, and not to track like this is not a slight against those recruits, but like it's not like we have dudes that are leaving for the NBA after a year or two. Like we have guys that came here that needed work, that needed some polishing, that needed that are good team role players, but aren't exactly like superstars or lottery picks or you know yeah. those kind of guys. So in that sense, it's like, well, it's hard to feel like we're a part of that, mm-hmm. you know? Because the only argument you can make is that this next recruiting class, we did something. But even then, I don't believe that because we have Leaky Black, who had clear reasons for coming here because we jumped on him early. Um, same thing for Kobe White, where we started recruiting him so early that I was like, well, he had kind of like we were just that first team that was like with him from the go when he was still like a four star, three star recruit. And then he when he jumped up to a five star recruit, we had already got him. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, um, Nas Little was one of the players that was supposed to go to Miami, I believe. And right. He was also, he's not specifically mentioned, but he matches the description of someone named in the FBI report. So that is something potentially like concerning because, but I don't even think for us because, because he was, it was Miami and I believe Arizona was in a bidding war for him, for this unidentified player, but it matches Nasir Little's profile. Right. But I don't think that, in, that, means that we were involved in that no, kind of bidding no. war. Uh, I would say I would, maybe we weren't, but then, but then it's like it might not be a not saying that for Arizona was as a program, or, but it might be potentially like a concerning thing for him. Oh, for him as, for, as far as eligibility? Yes. Got it. That's if fair. He, if he did indeed like receive something because maybe they were having it but maybe he didn't receive it and so like maybe Hard if. Yeah. He's claiming that he had no knowledge of that bidding. Yeah. And that uh it was between was it his A? I don't want to put out false information, but I believe it was like a coach or something. Yeah. Um, which, if true, then he should be, should be punished for things that are going on behind his back. Yeah. Um, but this is a. I mean, they're saying stuff like this could change the the landscape of college basketball. I think that's a bit much. Because I don't know. But is it? People, is it? I think people understand. Like. This is FBI, man. Especially if you ask, like, Coach Roy and everything. People have known, like, this has gone on for a long time. And, like, what's going to happen? Like, I don't think – because – It just depends on if the the NCAA has the – I understand it's a big issue. I'm not trying to say that that's not. But, like, they're saying it's going to bring all these big changes. There's never been big changes. It's always small. Like, they might introduce new rules, like, in the coming years. I don't really necessarily see a big change. Do you, so you're saying that they're going to work uh, like reactively instead of like they're going to say, oh, this is what's wrong. We're going to put stuff in place, but they're not going to punish the teams that did it. Maybe. or Because or, I, I, like, I feel like NCAA is going to somehow feel offended by all of this. Like we're a, such an upstanding institution. Yeah, we okay, don't, whatever. And then they'll start slowly like implementing new policies that kind of try to weed it out. But Could I you think have, it's really hard to do it nowadays. Yeah. I just okay, like so. If we're going by what that source said in the Yahoo report, that almost like a little less than half of the teams that were uh, in those top sixteen, in fifty programs overall, yeah, right. Um, so of those, 
we know we already know for a fact that Arizona and Auburn were two of the schools that were mentioned in the previous. Well, they had assistant coaches that were arrested, actually, when the first raid went down. Right. So are are they still in prison? Uh, I haven't kept up in prison or like, I don't know what the process is of like, or, or I presume that they like post bond or their arraignment. I don't know exactly. Like, uh, do we know what, where they are in their legal process? No, I have no no idea. And then other ones were like USC, Oklahoma state, Miami. Right. I don't think they had a coach, but they were mentioned in the report. Right. And Jim Laranega. I'm just specifically saying for those tops in the top 16 that they released, That Auburn and and um, Arizona were, are two of the mm-hmm. potentially six yeah. or seven ish that are mentioned, and one of the big time uh, agents that was actually the big time agent that was mentioned in all this, Andy Miller, who represents a, a ton of NBA players right now, um, represents people from Clemson and Kentucky and Duke mm-hmm. currently. I believe he's Devin Booker's. Devin Booker's, Jared Boss, Blossom game from Clemson, and um, who from Duke? Shoot. Austin Rivers um, is one of them. Snake. <laughs> now, Bomb. That doesn't necessarily say anything, but the report was saying that they they started they started to uncover these things after looking at his like financial records. Right, yeah, and apparently that's like the main thing that they're looking at is his financial records then. Mm-hmm. That's like the big bomb that is waiting to drop. When do y'all think it will? Because another thing, I don't know if it was that, but someone tried to follow up on it. It was the idea that this might be the first one where the NCAA championship game will, is, will be virtually vacated before it's even played because both the teams are implicated. We're going to be the last true NCAA champions. We are. Yeah. We're going to Campiones. be. So. Kind of. Before we move on from this, do y'all? I haven't actually talked about this with anyone. Does anyone think that? Do we think like? Are we sure that like they're gonna um, take away Louisville's championship? I would be shocked if they didn't. I think they will. I think they will too. But I feel like they're being extremely slow about it. Well, yeah, it came out last summer. The stuff. Yeah, I guess. But I feel like it's all pretty telling. Yeah, you know. I mean. Peyton Siva, who was one of their big guards, was ineligible for the that whole season, if I remember correctly. So, like, I believe so, yeah. That should just like automatically make it a vacated title. Oh, that was pretty good. <laughs> We're watching the All Star game, and they just had a bounce alley oop. But is there <laughs> what you just kind of like looked <laughs> like? In the distance, like long fully, like lost your train of thought. Is there any precedent of someone being declared ineligible for a whole season on a championship team? I know that when Ohio State had Tattoo Gate, they had to forfeit all their wins because Terrell Pryor was declared and a few other players, but he was the most notable, were declared ineligible for that whole season retroactively. But I don't know if they've ever done it with a. Ch- uh, oh, I guess that Reggie Bush and USC. Yeah. yeah. Yep. But I don't think there is precedent in basketball. Although I would presume that that means that, that they should that would be the precedent. That yeah, that they yeah. should. And the for championship. Like people who are already in the NBA and who are already professionals now, like, I mean, I guess they would take away the wins. Is that what we're saying? Yeah. Take away wins. Take away championships. But because they still have their ring, and they still have technically would have their banner. Yeah. 
or they could just ha- put up a last team standing banner. That's what I kind of dislike about all the retroactive stuff is like that already happened. You're not going to have anyone yeah. believe that Louisville's not the 2013, 2012 like, do you champions. Like baseball, like stare, put a, you can put an asterisk by it if you want. Yeah. Don't. don't. No. It, it happened. Yeah. I'm sorry. Like yeah. there's an asterisk by it, but Barry Bonds is the home run king. Yeah. Asterisk is stupid. USC still won the national championship. Yep. Reggie Bush still won the Heisman. That's why I think that penalties on the teams is more effective than taking away the championship because everyone knows they won the championship. So then how do you feel about like when they took away banners from Cal at Memphis? Like they took it wasn't a final four. A final four. They, yeah, they and they did the same thing at UMass. Yeah, yeah exactly. Per Michael Coe, Cal is the only coach in history to have three first final fours. Just like how Jim Boeheim hasn't won a thousand. This is yeah. I'm using air quotes. Hasn't won a thousand games. That's what. Th- th- that's that's exactly why I think it's stupid because everyone knows that Boeheim's won a thousand games, and you're just it's revisionist history. To say that he hasn't. It makes so much noise when you pick up the microphone. Is like, this the casual section of the so podcast? I'm trying it again. Let's see how much noise. There's so much noise. No, I'm putting it down with more noise. Here, I'm putting it down. It's down. Now I'll pick it back up. It's noisier way. That was not much noise. <laughs> Can we move on? Uh, <laughs> Y'all are children. I love you. <laughs> so let's talk about this this Adam Silver conversation. Matt, if you want to. Yeah. If you want to, Rachel Nichols had Adam Silver on the jump. Uh, they were talking about several things. First, the, Rachel Nichols, of course, had to get on him for not televising the NBA All-Star Game draft. They should have televised it, man. It would be fun. People like watching that stuff. I would actually watch that. Yeah. That would be fun. I think, what was what was the reason that they didn't? Because it was like, they didn't want to make someone feel bad for being the last pick. Yeah, or something. You're an all-star. And you're literally an all-star. <laughs> was it not the thing where Steph said he didn't want it televised? It something? was Steph that didn't want it televised, yeah. So. I mean, people like that. I feel like it's a, it's an easy money opportunity for them. For real. Because people would yeah. tune into that. People like that stuff. Mm-hmm. It's the same kind of thing age. as like, it's the same kind of thing as watching the weigh-ins for a back, boxing match. A it's boxing like more match. fun. People like feeling like they're a part of like the, they're behind the, the scenes. Mm-hmm. That's why I wish that when they do the draft lottery, they release the footage of the actual lottery on the NBA's website. I wish they televised that, yeah. like afterwards, because I always love seeing the actual lottery. It's not as fun, obviously, as the big reveal, because that's. They do three picks and then they it's over. Yeah, but it's still fun, especially when your team wins. I have much experience with that. But they also <laughs> talk. Yeah, if you want to get in this point, David, I'll let you. The one through sixteen. Right. So somebody asked um, Adam Silver a question that um, I think the original question had to do with um, East and West in regards to the All Star Game, but I think he interpreted it as a question about seating for playoff games for east and west so what had happened was they were he was talking about how he basically gave up he gave two scenarios where he would take the top 16 seeds so who, the 16 best records regardless of conference and that's the that would be the seeding for the playoffs the second scenario was that you take 
you take eight from both conferences, but then you seed those by best record. So those I, were th- those are the those are the two options that he said were being explored. The the caveat that he said was travel. Yeah, would be difficult. The main issues I see are travel and TV because outside of the finals, I don't know how many people in say New York would want to stay up till 3 a.m. for the game that's in uh, for the game that's in Golden State. Other than during the NBA Finals, and you're not going to make those games at 4 p.m. So I made a mock bracket. We the way I did it was took the top eight from both from both conferences and made the bracket that way. Um, and as it stands right now, just some of the highlights: the Rockets, of course, would be the one seed. The Cavaliers would be two. Um, the Rockets would be playing the Heat in the first round. Wait, did you mean the Rockets and Warriors? You said you said Cavaliers would be a two seed. Rockets and Warriors is what I meant. Whoopsies. Rockets would be a one seed. Warriors would be a two seed playing to the Sixers, which would present some travel. Philly to Oakland. Philly, Philly to Oakland is yeah. not a fun trip. Um, the Cavaliers would be a seven seed playing the Thunder. Oh, wow. Which would be a very fun series, I believe. Was this different than it was earlier today? Yes, it was. Yes, it is. Earlier, I just did the top 16 just straight up. This one, I took the top eight from both conferences and then seeded it by record. Okay. Yeah. Okay, so this is the second scenario? This is the second scenario, yeah. Um, but I think... Like, oh, and then the Celtics and Trailblazers was the other one that had... Boston to Portland. Boston to Portland would be a rough trip. But other than that, these matchups look a lot more fun than... Timberwolves, Timberwolves Bucks. Give me that. Inject that into my veins. It's <laughs> a lot more fun than what we've gotten in the playoffs, like the first couple rounds of the playoffs the past couple of years. People like chaos in the playoffs. Yeah. That's why people love college basketball so much, because nobody is good. So every, so <laughs> Now, the, the other thing here is, though, do we really want uh, NBA Finals where LeBron doesn't come out the East? I don't. Oh, why? I have one main issue, other than the obvious travel one with this scenario, and that is scheduling. Because if you just take the top 16 teams, then what's the point of conferences? And what's the point of playing teams on an imaginary dividing line three to four times a year while playing the other half of the league two times a year. I think that you would need to completely redo how the NBA schedules yeah. if you do only if you do top 16 without regard to conference. I mean, tell me if you disagree with it. Like, it's always it's, it's definitely something we really haven't talked about is the idea of benching players and sitting out. So if it was two games against every team, so it would be a 60-game uh, season. 58-game season, 58. Yeah. Uh, and then the NBA never wants to give up that much TV that is, time, that, though. That, that where they're playing less games, so revenue would definitely suffer from that. Yeah, players want to play less games, but the league office doesn't want to do that. Yeah, I think that'll be interesting next time bargaining comes up. Mm-hmm. What that looks like, but I think taking the top eight from both conferences and then just seeding it that way. 
would give you the same effect without having to just throw away the concept of of conferences. But my thing is, besides the travel thing, I, I, I will concede that the travel thing is an issue, but it seems like the only reason we're keeping the playoffs in the way it is is tradition. And I feel like if tradition is the only reason you're keeping a system around, it's that's not a great reason. So I, I'm all in favor of the top. I would like to see it. I would love to see that enacted and see how that works out. We yeah. can we can revisit this as the season ends and see what the playoffs will look like. Yeah. I definitely think it's just got it's been kinda of boring the last few years. Yeah. I don't know if it's just because of the Warriors and the Cavs just being it, but I feel like with this, a new system would give other teams a chance. Because honestly, if the Cavs last year would probably not have made the finals if they had to play some Western teams before getting to the East, to the conference finals, if it was different. I don't know if I would say that. We did look awful in the finals, but we were like. They would have a been, really would have good been, team. They would have not swept teams like they did. Yeah, 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 yeah. I think that's true. For sure. We definitely wouldn't have had as easy of a road to the finals. And it's like, you don't want to give the Cavs down 2-1. In the NBA finals, we were down 3 out. No, in the Eastern Conference finals to the Raptors. Was that? No, it was the, wasn't it the final? No, it was the finals against the Celtics, wasn't it? Because that's when uh, I'd clap back at David on Twitter because we were down a bunch in... Because we were in game three, I believe it was, and we blew that lead and lost. And then game four, we were down a lot, and David said Cavs are about to blow a 2-0 lead. Pause. Okay, pause. And we're back. (laughs) After a short technical difficulty. Called. Not technical at all. No. We got kicked out of the room. <laughs> we had to move move base. But it's good. We are here. I lost the rundown for like... What were we talking about? The we were lost talking about seeding. college basketball? No, the seeding. No, we were way we, we were talking about jump in. <laughs> <laughs> Did you know Corbin Blue was on Dancing with the Stars? What? Yeah. I think he looks like a pro wrestler. <laughs> Anyway, I think we're near the end of the NBA, so we can go on. Yeah, we were just talking about the seating, um, and you were talking about potential problems. Did someone already say having potential problems with like the the players' association? Not we. Well, yeah, I don't think we really I, well, said that. I brought up that this will be interesting to see what happens in bargaining next time it comes up. So it's, I don't. The, the reality of it is iffy but i would like to see it personally so anyway oh we were going to talk about the dubs cheesing because <laughs> they decided to go coachless for a game yeah <laughs> so before we do anything explaining the situation what happened was that the the, the warriors were playing the suns and if y'all don't know the suns are a very not good team i forgot to start the timer the Suns are a very not good team, and so to kind of shake things up a little bit, Coach to Kerr keep, to keep the team engaged in the game. Coach Kerr decided to let the players coach. Um, gave him drawing boards, let him run plays, the works, and then like, they gave the Suns the belt. Yeah, like 
granted, I'm pretty sure the YMCA like pickup squads could give the Suns the belt. Walker Miller could give the Suns the belt. So it's like, let's take that with a grain of salt. But the big controversy around it is that it was a sign of quote unquote disrespect. Okay, so question, just yes or no, David, was it disrespectful? Um, yes or no. I don't even get to explain it. Yes or no. Yes or no. 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 Yes. No. Why do you say yes? He's basically saying that the Suns are such an inferior team that he doesn't need to coach for the team to That's win the game. That's not what he's saying at all. What's he saying? He's saying he needs to keep his team engaged up until the All-Star break, so he's using this strategy to keep the team engaged. Quick question, though. Would he, would he have done this against the Spurs? No. No. That's why I think it's disrespectful. That that's one that's one like he wouldn't. He's doing it specifically because of the Suns. I don't think I don't specifically think it's just a team because it's a well, bad team. Uh, bottom tier team that uh, like if it was the Cavs or the Spurs or the Rockets, no chance does he even consider doing that. Do you think the team would have the same level of engagement with Steve Kerr coaching with them playing the Suns or them playing the Spurs? Spurs would. Two days or a week before the All Star break. So if that's what he has to do to keep his team like in the game, I'm fine with it. And they played hard. Probably the best they, or one of the best games they played all season, regardless of who they were playing. My biggest point is, while that was like a more direct display of that, I feel like a lot of players nowadays in the NBA and the evolving game of basketball are somewhat coaches on their own and are running somewhat plays on their own. Like they, mm-hmm. like they're just, they, this was just a direct thing where coach Kerr actually gave them like physically gave them the uh, clipboards and everything and told them to coach themselves. But these are professional basketball players. They are sort of have these things already in their mind. It's like football players. Like they just have the mind for it. And so they can just do it on their own. Now the, the, the argument against why it's like towards like, why it's not disrespectful is like the same argument I have when Cam dances in the end zone. Well, stop them then. <laughs> if you don't like it, beat them. If you don't like it, don't be sorry. If you don't like it, don't let him in the end zone. Yeah, that's that's my like. I can't use that logic for Cam and then say, oh, that's disrespectful. In that using that same logic for the Suns. I'm sorry. Well, I think the difference is that super mega team. Cam do does about it. Cam does that no matter who they're playing. They would only do this against a team like the Suns. That's why I don't think you can equally compare them. I think it was a. I think he was a great coaching move. I know why he's doing it. Like I understand. Like keep it, like mixing mixing it up, doing something different, keeping them engaged. Because you know, regardless of what team he has, like at this point they've been to what three straight finals. Yes. And so it's like they want to be in the playoffs right now. Like they are playing for the playoffs. And they know they're one of the best teams. Like top 2 teams in the in the in the NBA. So they're just they're they're waiting for the playoffs. And so they're bored, honestly. Like that's the best word for it is that they're bored. So how do you keep them engaged? You switch it up. So I understand it. So I get this is the point where I ask the question. Sure. So not a lot of questions. Or I started answering a lot of questions that people asked. But then I got bored and I asked one myself, like, do y'all think that the modern day NBA coach is becoming more and more obsolete? No. No. I think it's an evolving role 
like the manager in baseball, but I don't think it's becoming obsolete. I think it's becoming like in baseball a manager because, like I think Colby said, like basketball players are smart enough that they know how to do things. That was literally Maverick who said that. <laughs> I knew somebody said it. So you just took a stab at it. At least I didn't take credit for it. I cited my source, albeit incorrectly. That, that's okay. You know what? <laughs> Keep talking. <laughs> but the manager does a very big part in establishing the culture for the team. I don't think that the Spurs would have the sixth best record in the in the league with the squad that they have without Greg Popovich. Nor do I think the Celtics would have the fourth best. Or the Rockets would have the best. I, I don't think, think the Cavs would have won the championship if David Blatt was the coach. I disagree. I'm going to have to disagree on that one, Colby. I disagree. Who agrees with who? Let, let, me, let me rephrase. I disagree with your disagreement. Let, let, <laughs> let me rephrase because I, I also Does that mean disagree you agree with myself. Me? Yes. Yes. I also disagree with myself. I think that David Blatt might be a better coach than Ty Lu. Yes, I think that David Blatt, David Blatt might be a better coach than Ty Lu. Yeah, but there, he wasn't the right fit for the Cavs. Fair, which makes and the that that's role. yeah that's yeah. it's a testament to the evolving role of the coach because Ty Lu isn't a very good X's and O's coach. But he's a guy that LeBron respects and that can set the culture that we need to be a successful franchise. I'm talking more about calling plays, though. That's really what I'm getting at. Like, actually getting the team, like how a high school coach has a play and a set for every single offensive and defensive, like, play and scenario. Whereas nowadays, a lot of these guys have them not and they know what kind of schemes and what kind of plays they well, you, make. You actually would think that. But actually, I feel like a lot of people, like, I think we give some players a lot more credit than, like, they deserve. Like, some players don't quite get the X's and O's quite as well as, like, say, like a LeBron or... See, that was kind of a hard qualifier because I don't think anyone understands the game like LeBron. But I legit think LeBron has, like, a photogenic memory. Not a photogenic. Photographic. Photographic. Photogenic. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Smile for the camera. Every memory he has, he's looking good. Everything looks so great. No. (laughs) Photographic memory. (laughs) Photogenic (laughs) memory. That's the name of the episode. (laughs) I also think it's just that the NBA is a lot more of a free-flowing game than high school or college. Like, even when teams get into the half court sets it's not necessarily running the same play over and over as much as it is ball movement and looking for a shot yeah but there there are some teams that run some great half yes sets. definitely there are teams that run half court sets and every team has plays that they go to but a lot more than high school and college nba is a free-flowing game because the players are good enough to create on their own i do think that there are some coaches that are still great at the x's and those i think that brad stevens is a yeah great especially since he just came from college i think that he still has that yes i would agree pop as well yeah i think that both of them like if i want someone to like draw up a play for me at the end of a game like i'm going to i'm going to pop i'm going to d'antoni, d'antoni and i'm going stevens. to brad stevens what about tibbs I don't know about offensively, but he's a very good defensive coach. That's he gets I, the best on defense. I feel like that's, I think that's where we need coaches more is is on defense. Like I feel like if you can't make defensive adjustments, then it's like 
I mean, I guess it's a little bit less so recently because defense has become less of a priority now. But I feel like if we just had one team that stood out because of their defense, like we had a Virginia in the NBA. Is is there a team in the NBA that like stands out because of the the, their defense? Well, I think it's a lot harder in the NBA in the NBA because a twenty four second shot clock means that it's that much harder to control the pace of the game. Like I don't ever think of anyone else as like lockdown. Last year it was the Jazz. Um. Brad Stevens gets his players to really, really buy in on defense. Um, Thibs is kind of known for that, or Tibbs, Tibbs whatever you want to call. Thibs is a good defensive coach when he's not running his players into the ground. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Oh, Jason Kidd, I think, is another X's and O's guy. Yes. Yeah. That's 2011 NBA champion Jason Kidd to you. <laughs> yeah, I I was respecting him. You say that when someone disrespects I, I, him. I do think that the role of the coach is changing to answer your question. I don't think it's going obsolete. I think it's evolving. That's fair. I, I'm just bringing up the question. But I just yeah. think that's progress in the sport. Cool. All right. Is it time for me to talk about my movie? Yeah. Uh, it's all Black Panther. <laughs> Wakanda forever. Wakanda forever. Oh, my. Oh, before we get to that, Chadwood Bozeman, Tar Heel. Also might be my cousin. What? Uh, <laughs> we went through this. Was I in the bathroom? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay, just to make a long story short, my um, grandmother's last name is Bozeman. His last name is Bozeman. They're both from Anderson, South Carolina, and there can't be but so many Bozemans from Anderson, South Carolina. So the only thing is they spelled their, like, I think his is with an S, and my grandma's with a Z, but... Of black people back in the day, spellings got weird. So, Chadwick Boseman might be my cousin. Nice. Anyway, <laughs> Chadwick Boseman has played Jackie Robinson, James Brown, Thurgood, Mar- Thurgood Marshall, and T'Challa in the last decade. That's quite the repertoire. He's 41. <laughs> he looks real good for 41, man. Yeah. But it was a. Uh, uh, the, okay, the further I get from the movie, I saw it on Thursday night, it's Sunday now. The further I get from it, the more that I'm like nitpicking things that like could have been done better, but I really have to nitpick to find things that I did not like about this movie. Um, it's a masterclass in um, setup and payoff. Like, no, not one line in this movie was wasted. Um, it looks beautiful. They only used like that dirty Marvel filter like twice, which I really appreciated. Um, it kind of reminds me of the Dark Knight, whereas the villains in the movie are a lot more compelling than um, T'Challa and Black Panther. Like, if there was like a weak character in a movie, probably T'Challa because he doesn't real like he does change, he does do stuff, but like he really gets outshined by both of the villains in this movie um i mean is it safe to say that eric killmonger is top two villains in marvel yes yes just like straight up i don't even know i think the only competition would be loki i feel like and loki is really good but i mean that's been a problem i think with marvel is that they yeah forgettable villains throw away villains like especially in civil war I think especially in Civil War. I'm not going to give away any plot points, but I think that in any other movie, um, Killmonger is the hero. 
which makes for quite a interesting. really compelling villain. Um, yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name that played Gollum in season? Andy, Andy Circus. Andy Circus. You could tell was having the time of his life. Really, <laughs> in this movie, like he he was having so much fun playing this part. Um, I do think the it was great to see black characters being great. Seeing Pan African culture on screen for like a blockbuster movie was great. They do really subversive things with gender in this movie. Really, that I don't think was talked about a lot in the promotion. Um, my nitpicks. It's probably just because I've seen so many superhero movies recently that some of the beats, like, you know what's going to happen. It's like, oh, you talk to them, and then this happens, and this happens, and you can kind of see that happen. It's like a Marvel movie. But it's done so well that I don't care. Mm -hmm. Um, There's no portal in the sky and no tentacles out of the ground, which is great. (laughs) Um, It's the most adult Marvel movie, I think. It's really adult themes. I think like a small child would have trouble keeping up with the things that were being talked about in the movie. Um, But I I loved it for that. Not really a lot of jokes. Not many jokey jokes at all. Hmm. But still great. Um, If I had to nitpick, it got CGI soupy. That's the only. That's literally the only complaint I've I've heard is that there's a couple couple parts where. CGI gets like noticeable. Yeah, and I think they might have been saving some of their budget for a movie that's coming out in May. Um, Could be, which is understandable because that movie has to look great. Oh yeah, if there's anything wrong about that movie, it's going to get called out. Yeah, um, but all in all, this is probably my favorite Marvel movie. That's what I was waiting for. Like. Probably I would tie it with Coco. Whatever I gave Coco, I would give this movie. Oh, I can't remember. It's like a 9.3. For a second, I thought you said meant that Coco was a Marvel movie, and I was very confused. But all that money's going to Disney. Same spot. All that money's going to Eisner. What was I going to say? Mouse. How was Martin Freeman's character used? Like, was it... Like, is he a forgettable character? I haven't heard no. anything about... No? Okay. No, he was fun. Okay, cool. He was good. Um, I've actually heard, like, very little about this movie, and I can't wait to go see it. Yeah, him and um, Andy Serkis were the Tolkien white guys. Bilbo and Gollum. Amazing. <laughs> I love it. I wish that was my joke. <laughs> yeah, I saw it earlier. But yeah, it was great. It was fun. Please go see this movie. Oh my goodness, please go see this movie. You don't need to see any Marvel movies beforehand either. Really? Civil first, War? Because I, no, I accidentally got spoiled on the end credit scene. Of? Of Black Panther? Yes. It's an end credit scene. It's an end credit scene. It's, it's, it is what it is. If anything, I, I would say go watch Civil War. I didn't plan on seeing Black Panther because I don't really watch superhero movies, but I've heard a lot of good things about it, so... I might go now, but I need someone to go with, so hit me up, y'all. No, you really don't need to see anything. Like, they do a really good job to show some flashbacks from earlier Marvel movies to help yeah. catch you up. So is this set, like, after that, though? Yes. Like, with his, like, what happened? In, yes. Okay. That's yes. Currently sitting fifth best opening weekend of all time behind... uh Star Wars, um, Force Awakens, Last Jedi, um, The Avengers, 
Jurassic World, and then it's Black Panther. Oh, Disney has four of the top five. <laughs> God, what it would talk be about an a stranglehold? <laughs> be an executive for that company. All right, time for some questions. Yep. From hashtag Beat Louisville, we did. From at Annie underscore Rindle. If you've been outside the United States, what's your favorite place you've traveled? I have an easy answer. I need to think about that. I think I have my answer. Technically, it's the only place I've been outside <laughs> of the U.S. <laughs> That's fine. You want to go first then? Yeah. Mine was Nassau, the Bahamas. I'm going on that exact same trip this this summer. Yeah. It was pretty fun. I liked the Bahamas. Really nice water. Not very ginger friendly. <laughs> no. Especially in the summertime. But uh, definitely took a little swim out there. We went. Me and my parents went on a cruise. It was really fun. Yeah. I'm going with my family at some point this summer. Should be fun. Switzerland is easily the best place I've ever been in my life. And if I could live there forever, I would do it. Switzerland. See, I always think that when I go to places out of the country and then I realize that like I would miss going to American sports games. I wouldn't want to have to deal with not being able to do that. You know, I would miss it too, but just like everything about Switzerland. Like I went like I went on a trip. Like I've been to a bunch of places out of the country at this point in my life, which I'm extremely like like I'm really blessed to have been to like God been able to go to Europe and been able to go to, you know, the Caribbean. And like out of all the places, the one place that sticks out in my mind is is Switzerland, just because of the scenery, the people, just like the atmosphere around the entire country, just like it's just different. And to be able to live there would be, I think, what probably one of the most gratifying experiences of my life. I think would it be that would be like top tier for me. I think for me it would be Greece. Lauren would probably agree with you. It's so beautiful. The country is absolutely stunning. Um, even though we went during the Greek financial crisis and our bus got broken into. Yeesh. <laughs> um, but Yeesh. <laughs> it was... You're um, good PR for the country right now then, buddy. I know, right? But it's such a beautiful country. Where'd you go? Um, mostly Athens. Athens. Um, we went to Olympia and saw like the original, um, the original like Olympic area which is really cool that is very cool right now it mostly looks like a bunch of rocks so the other day in my olympics class they asked they're like hey, who all here has been like to the original olympic site and i raised my hand he's like i don't mean to call you out but like how would you describe it i was like not much there <laughs> <laughs> it's like a straight patch of land it's like this was the 100 meters <laughs> <laughs> but it was it was really really cool um the food was great it's just a it's a great country, great great country. I'm trying to think. You're still thinking. Cause, well, because like you, I'm lucky to have been very well traveled. Mm-hmm. I've been to a lot of places, and I like most of the places I've gone. I'll, I'll I really enjoyed. I, I liked France. I really enjoyed Israel when I was there. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll be semi biased and put um, the Dominican Republic at like a very. Yeah, well, I think Very that close. I'm, like, equally biased when I say that I really enjoyed Israel because that's, like, the history was interesting, especially because it was Jewish history that mm-hmm. you learn about when you're there, and it's the 
proverbial Jewish homeland. Mm-hmm. And so I think I'm kind of biased in that manner, but also like it's a very beautiful place. And it's, even if you're not Jewish, the history is very interesting. The food is good. I was about to say the food is probably fan. Like I've heard a lot of good stuff about the food over in Israel. Yeah. Similar question. This is one that I just cooked up myself. If you, well, it's not an original question, but similar. If you could travel to any country in the world that you haven't been to, I was literally thinking would that. Go, where would you go? I always can't decide between two or three things. It's been well, diff- yeah, sorry, it'd be more add. difficult for me because I really want to go to a Spanish-speaking country so I can actually start applying my major. Tag along to to uh, Punta Cana with me and <laughs> go to Dominican. Oh, we might go to that. <laughs> uh, I'd re- like, I really would like to go to Colombia or Argentina, uh, but also I really want to go to Ireland really, 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 That's really fair. bad. That's fair. Like the land of my people. My cousin went there, and he said it was fantastic. I've yeah. been. It's very pretty. Really? Yeah. And Scotland as well, the, that, the whole part. The only time I was in the British Isles was for a layover in London. <laughs> it was during the Olympics, though, so they had, like, the Olympic rings up there. <laughs> that, was the, that was the most I saw from London. <laughs> for a long time, I really wanted to go to Queensland, Australia. Um, but I've now tweaked it a little bit, and I really want to go to New Zealand. Like, desperately want to go I've to New Zealand. I've heard it's very beautiful. Like, desperately want to go to New Zealand. Shout out to the great mates. Love you guys. You listen to my podcast, even though you don't care about Carolina at all. I appreciate That's it. fantastic. <laughs> Love y'all. Um, second question. Wait, from, you didn't answer, and I didn't answer my question. Where you? Where you? Where you'd want to go that you haven't been? I'm typical indecisive. Me has gotten it up to four answers now. Jesus Christ! Pick um, one. I can't. I'll say Sydney. Sydney, Australia. That's yeah. I like cities. So I originally was between or Tokyo. Chi- no, Tokyo. I want to go to Tokyo. I was originally between China and Italy. Then I added Japan. China's a big place, but then right I added <laughs> Brazil. Then I added African Safari. Literally, you picked like some of the biggest masses and of a land. Continent. <laughs> <laughs> My you play, literally oh, picked. I'll, I'll add a sixth, Iceland. I'll just make out oh, seven, you're, Spain. I'll just make it the so, whole world. You are so frustrating. You are so frustrating. <laughs> oh my god! Move on. All right, next question. I just need someone decisive in my life. From Sandra M. From at Sandra says stuff wants us to talk about a song that you hate but always manages to get stuck in your head. Uh, for me, any Imagine Dragon song. You were singing it in subdogs. I know. And I hate Imagine you said, Dragons. I hate Imagine Dragons. And then like two seconds later, I was looking at you and you were singing along to demons. And I was like, you like Imagine Dragons, don't you, Squidward? <laughs> <laughs> no, a bunch of songs that I hate are super catchy. So it happens to me a lot. Carla knows this. Like, I know what Aaron's answer is. No, that's not my answer because it doesn't get stuck in my head. Oh, I actively push it away when I even no, think about it. it Do gets, not yeah. play it for copyright reasons, please. You can, I'm not playing it. I'm trying to figure out what. Because oh, like I said, I'm a quality person. The one that I oh. always hated when I was younger and also frequently got stuck in my head and my older brother, Ryan, loved the song was Bad Day by Daniel Powder. <laughs> Pat, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. Wait, it's not Daniel Powder. 
It isn't? No. Are you sure? I'm positive. Because that would it's be Daniel super... Daniel something I, or another. It's Daniel something, but it's not powder. That would be bad day, Daniel powder. <laughs> it's not powder like baby powder. It's P-O-W-T-E-R. Oh, I was right? Oh, okay, okay. Yes. Wow, I did not think that that was his last name. That's really ironic. Bang. I was thinking like powder, like, wow, you're such a powder. Like, like you powder. Uh, that song, I would get stuck in my head and I would hate it. I hated that song. But you would sing along to it, don't you? No, I don't sing along. Yeah, okay. Whatever. Maverick. Like I said, I'm usually good. Like, if I don't like the song, it's not going to get catchy. I'm, it's just not going to catch with me. So is that a no? I know what Mav thought my answer was going to be. I know. You know it, too. So What you, was it? So you already knew that well, yeah, I was going to bring I know it up. That, so you, I know that you know that, that I, I know that you know that I hate the song, and so you play it at any opportunity you get. Yep. Which would be... Oh, is it? Yes, it's that song. Oh my god! <laughs> yes, it is. Can someone say the song? No, we're I'm move never. On. I'm never. It's, it's about it. the best receptacle for barbecues. <laughs> no, how was no. trivia last week? I wasn't no. there. Wait, I didn't get to say my no. song. <laughs> no, um, more recently, that one song that goes like "Nah, nah, honey, I'm good." I don't know. Oh, that that's one. a good song. "Honey, I'm good" by um Andy Grammer. Andy Grammer. It's trash. Yeah. Like Uber and it trash. It has a good message. It's Uber trash. Ooh. And, but I'll sing along to it because it's so catchy. It's pretty bad. Um, less recently, like all time, like oh man, Cupid Shuffle, man. Like every time I hear it, I'm like, ugh, this song immediately I, goes into the steps to I mean, start I dancing. Guess I'll, I'll, I guess I'll do the shuffle anyway. I guess I'll do the Cupid Shuffle. Does a split midway through. <laughs> <laughs> We also have, are we moving on or are we doing this last question? <laughs> oh, no, this is, okay. So, she'd be mad at us. We didn't answer this one. Lauren asked oh, us, Lauren's question, yeah. Lauren asked us, um, what, hey, Maddie. <laughs> hey, Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Hey, Maddie. Uh, she asked us what our, uh, all of our favorite Olympic events are. Didn't we say that like last week? Did we already have that? Oh, it was our favorite winter sports event. Oh. We, we did didn't winter do sports. We, we didn't do, do our overall. overall. Sure. Um, basketball, because I like blowouts. <laughs> Gymnastics. Gymnastics is fun. Like I, all, I love ar- they, all around or a certain category? All around, even. Just because it's one of those things where like, I think they're doing so awesome, and then they get points take off, and I get Negative depressed. seven. <laughs> I'm like, but they did so good. <laughs> I couldn't do half of that. I couldn't do any of that. <laughs> but it's still fun to watch. Skeleton, which, by the way, is less dangerous than luge. It's head first, though. It's, know, it's ten miles like, an hour slower, but, but it just first. looks so much more dangerous. And you can see more when you're doing skeleton. It's still terrifying. I don't disagree, but it's significantly less terrifying than the luge. Trust me, if you're if you're going either sixty or seventy, if you're head first, that's not going to change much of the impact or what's yeah. going to result in that. So is that in my favor or against me? Against you. What? Sixty or sixty or seventy miles isn't going to change the fact if you fall off. That's you're you're. Well, yeah, up. but you're more likely to fall off because you can't see when you're doing the luge. Mm-hmm. She said, <laughs> "We did answer. I'm pretty sure we did answer we this. At for some sure, point. did. Wow. Do you even listen to this podcast, Lauren? Call you out again, Jesus. We got to end this thing. You're doing this to yourself, <laughs> yeah. man. No, uh, curling. Yeah." Or biathlon. I Paul really turned Colby out of that one. 
Apparently, I didn't. <laughs> he told me the other day, like he that uh, he's never talked about the biathlon in his life, which I think is a lie. <laughs> anyway, trivia: I wasn't there. I wasn't either. Round one, we got three points. It was not good. It started out as me, Paul, and Megan Abernathy, and then Adam showed up uh, midway through round two. Shout out to Megan for coming out. You were a good addition to the team. Uh, we did poorly in the beginning, but we did all right at the end. Um, anything noble happened in our lives in the last week? I had the best one-liner I've ever had in the history of my life. It was pretty funny. It will not be as funny re-delivering it. It but won't. Me and Colby and Annabelle, shout out to Annabelle, were hanging out in Bottom of Lenore. And I don't even remember what we were talking about, but I, Annabelle said something and I called her out on it. And then like three minutes later, I said the same thing and she called me on it. And she was like, what did you just say? And I legitimately forgot. And I stared right at her face for a minute. And after realizing I wasn't going to remember what I said, I just say to her, line (laughs) (laughs) wow i did not get my line i almost said pass which would have also been funny but not nearly as funny nearly as funny so now i'm gonna start saying line when i don't know what i'm gonna say you're a mess anything else i know what am i not a mess you can find me on social media at... <laughs> I'm just kidding. You really wanted to get that in there, didn't you? <laughs> All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to try. I'm going to mess up again. So if you want to find us, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you. Okay. So Colby actually got that one right for once, but I accidentally <laughs> clicked the record button early and cut him off. So we're giving him another try. I guess screw I okay. So if you want to find us, you can find us at tinyurl.com slash nevermadevarsity. Leave us a five-star rating on iTunes. Anything you liked or didn't like, be sure to let us know via our Twitter at nevermadepod. Thank you, Jake, for your theme music. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye now. Yeet.